Welcome back to Stupid Thought. This is episode number 222, and a few of the topics of discussion include leashes. No, not for pets, for children. If you live in L.A., you've seen your fair share, but Rick's, on the other hand, saw one on the East Coast for the very first time. Also, we talk a little bit about why his boss-slash-mentor was embarrassed to be seen in public. We reminisce a little bit on growing up as children and running around stores, as well as why it is important to make payments on time. Folks, my vehicle registration expired about three months ago. I'm just now sending in the check. So with that being said, episode number 222 of Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. So one of the things that I've been doing to keep a schedule and get out of the apartment and all has been going to the library pretty much every day. Now, I used to go to either the West Hollywood or Beverly Hills Library, but a few weeks ago I had discovered that this other library had reopened because not all of them were open when they all opened up from COVID, right? And it's great because it's got a super cool vibe. The library that's closest to my house is a little shady. There's just a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, vagabonds that drift through, <laughs> right? But Well said. <laughs> How do I describe these people? Uh, vagabond. Word of the day, absolutely, yeah. Drifter, wayward sons, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, Anyway, what I really like about the Fairfax Library is it's right next to Pan Pacific Park, and I didn't realize they were right next to each other, which is great because sometimes I'll be in the library for a couple hours, and then I leave, and I go just walk over to the park, and I read, and I sit in the shade or by a tree or whatever. And so it's nice having those two atmospheres so close to each other. Library, park, library, park. And... The Fairfax Library gets still a couple questionable characters, not like the one, not like the uh, Durant Library or the West Highwood Library, though. Anyway, I'm there, and I thought it was just so odd, I guess you can say, but, like, <laughs> the guy, there's this, like, patron that went up to the desk asking why the why there wasn't any paper in the printer or why he's come here on a couple occasions. They don't have paper for him to be, or something about paper. And they start talking. He starts talking about like the paper delivery schedule. Like this guy was so adamant about figuring out why there was a delay in the paper delivery and when that delivery will take place. And the guy behind the desk is just like, I mean, he was very nice and professional, but you could tell this guy doesn't know. He doesn't care. It'll get here when it gets here. But I just – I didn't know why this guy was so freaking adamant. Like he was like, well, maybe you can like call someone and we can fit. And it's like, dude, just fucking take the loss. We don't have any paper today. Get over it. You can go to like Staples. They're like 20 minutes. These guys are going back and forth about paper, and the librarian is just like – just – Finding, trying to like, almost like running out of things to try and, uh, I guess, appease this person. But I didn't know if you've been in a situation like at the grocery store or at the library or whatever where someone is making like a really big deal out of something that 
it's like, what? What is this person doing? Why is this a big deal to them? Shut up and sit down. I have always had that question, too. And, I mean, working in retail, I know you had to deal with this a lot. I've had to deal with it when I did retail as well. Where it's like, what is going through these people's minds? It's like, do they expect some, like, standard low-level employee to know the intricate workings of when supplies are going to be delivered? I mean, they're just there to, like, fill out their day. That Yeah, dude, I, I, I don't get people's mindset when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, I don't either. It was just, like, it was very comical for me, of course. But I'm just like, dude, shut up. It's like what they would tell you, right, what the system tells you is the customer is always cor- correct and go above and beyond. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm just a fucking librarian, man. Check him in, check him out. Yeah, duty responsibilities, exactly. You have your parameters. I love being at the park because my favorite thing to observe are the dynamics between children and their parents. Like when they get a little rambunctious, particularly when uh, children start to throw tantrums. That's like my favorite thing to witness because you see them melt down, you know, like five minutes, we're leaving in five minutes. Okay, five minutes later, time to go. Meltdown. It's like you, you knew this ahead of time. But then also just to see how the parents handle the tantrum or the situation at hand. So I'm sitting at the table, and I hear this kid giggling, and I hear the mom yell, you know, whatever the kid's name is. We'll call him Benjamin. You know, Benjamin, get over. And by the way, I don't understand why parents are so fucking controlling too. That's a side note. So, Benjamin, not too far. Get over here. We're leaving. And he's running, just laughing his ass off. Because you know how kids are when parents can't catch them or, you know, when they have that bit of freedom, they're just laughing and laughing and having fun. And so he would slow down and then run, slow down and then run. And it was like the mom with her friend or her sister or something like that. And she's, like, trying to chase him. And I started chuckling when she threw out the line, you think I can't catch you. But I can, and I will. And I look over at this lady, and I'm thinking to myself, lady, you're not catching that kid. We both know that you are not in the condition to run after a five-year-old. It's (laughs) not going to happen. And it was funny (laughs) because he kept, like, running around in circles, running around in circles, running around in circles. And then finally, like, she yelled at him enough where he stopped and – he just plopped to the ground and was just dead weight and just stayed there until the mother picked him up. He was still dead weight for several seconds, started crying, throwing a tantrum, dead weight, dead weight, dead weight. He finally calms down. They get up and they leave. So I have a question, and it kind of it kind of sparked my um, recollection. I have never actually seen this. I'm sure you have, though. Parents who have leashes for their children. I have seen that. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I've never actually witnessed that myself. When I see it, I think it's a great idea because you – I mean especially if you're handling multiple children at the same time. But I think too when people see kids on a leash, they automatically assume that maybe the leash is being handled as if it's like a dog. Like I, I think it's more so – Something that's used – I mean I would use it more so something in the background. So like when I'm not paying attention I, and if I feel the tug, okay, child is trying to get away as opposed to like controlling the child. Tug, you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't treat it like a dog, right? It would be something that I would use as a tool in the periphery. 
and and that's that's kind of where I find like this middle ground too because they you I mean especially if you have a child who's like super rambunctious and is gonna get away from you and stuff like that I guess you know letting them loose in the park and letting them do it yeah I mean you're kind of just asking for that at that point but walk walking down the street or something like that just making sure that they're you know children wander that sort of thing so I have kind of mixed feelings between allowing children to uh, not be constrained by adult confines because they have to learn their own lessons versus exactly yeah versus um, safety concerns as to okay my child could run out in the street and what way can I kind of prevent that from happening the thing that pisses me off about parents are when they're overly protective and and I know people are going to tell me well wait till you have your child right okay well you know people just try and control situations all the time and it's like Billy, get down from there. You're going to get hurt. Billy, get down from there. Lady, we're at a fucking playground. If he breaks his arm, he breaks his arm. Like, you need to let kids just be kids. And also, like, they're fearless and they bounce. They're, like, so if the kid falls (laughs) and hits the mulch or dirt, maybe he'll cry, but he'll be okay. Stop being so overprotective. Let them make their own mistakes. There are consequences for their actions, right? I remember there was um, an instance, I think it was in elementary school, I think it was Forest Glen Elementary School, you didn't go there, so, uh, but um, Paul, Paul someone, um, and it was recess, and we were playing around, and they had this, like, stone, stone, like, retention wall or something like that, super unsafe or whatever, and him and I were playing tag, ended up, you know, I, (laughs) I ended up accidentally maybe accidentally shoving him off the wall and he ended up breaking his arm and uh and the parents got so freaked out and they were like we're gonna sue you and stuff like this it's like dude it's just kids being kids honestly i agree 100 percent. i had a lot of freedom as a kid i mean the only time really that i remember my mom exercising controls like if we're at a store we always had to be within arm's length reach she would get pissed if we wandered but with my dad we go into a store it was see you later you know see you when i see you you do shopping my brother and i would run off and like do our own thing the best was when we go to sports authority and we'd fuck around with all the sporting equipment while my dad would go do whatever (laughs) one time remember how sports authority used to be on uh roosevelt road where they built that gas station. I think it's Hobby Lobby now. But one time we were kids, we walked in there, and my brother and I were fucking around with, uh, like, the lap pull-down, right? Or they had gym equipment. And we were fucking around with the weights, and, like, they they fell on top of each other, and they made a ton of noise. I think it was the lap pull-down. And my dad was standing nearby, and then my dad tried to walk away like he didn't know us, but then he started laughing because he realized we were all wearing the same jacket. We all had matching oh my jackets God. between my, that is awesome. my brother and I and my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, God. nothing happened. No one said anything. We left shortly thereafter, but he told us that. He's like, yeah, I saw you guys fucking around. I heard you guys make a bunch of noise. I tried to walk away, and then I realized that, you know, no matter what, people would see that we're together because we're the same jacket. <laughs> So I will. Did you ever I, have matching gear with your brother and your dad growing up? That is a good question. No, I don't think we ever had matching stuff. Not until later on in life. That's actually a really good question, huh? I never actually thought about that before. Um, 
But I will say, on that note, when it comes to going into a big store, and there were a couple of times, I and for me too, it was also my dad, where it's just like, okay, you know, do your thing or whatever. Typically, we were with them, but something like a sports authority or, I don't know, a Toys R Us or something like that, we would, you know, split off. And I, I don't know about you, but... As a child under the age of uh, 12 or 11, not knowing where your parent is in a massive industrial complex was a little bit uh, was a little bit terrifying. I don't know if you ever had an experience like that. There were there were only a couple of times where I ended up losing losing um, my parents, and it was it was something that was a, just a little bit traumatic. But also, where a good were alert. you? Oh gosh, I, I, it had to have been a Target one time, and then I'm trying to think. I think it might have been like a Sports Authority, like where the the two tier Sports Authority thing, where you had the right. escalator and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, for me, it was like go check out the football stuff, and then my brother go check out the soccer and wrestling stuff, and uh, then my dad was going to check out golf stuff or archery or something like that. And so we all ended up separating and. After a while, I was just like, where where are they? And I'm searching around, and then the more that I'm searching, the more panicked I'm getting. And it's like, oh, God. Because it was relatively packed at that point in time. And it just going round and round. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, uh, 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 what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I mean, eventually I found them. So it was, never, it was never something like super traumatic, but it was still one of those things where I... It, I it was like a growing experience. Like, dude, you gotta you gotta find your own way, especially if your parents aren't gonna be there to protect you and like guide you. Uh, I I found that as a good thing, honestly. I don't remember a time when I was a child and I got lost. I mean, I know it happened because I remember that feeling. You did like panic takes over in a heartbeat, right? The yeah. moment you realize you don't have your parents by you, you start freaking out. So I know it's definitely happened. Like, but when I was a child, I can't remember exactly when. But I do know. It happened when I was 15, and I was at Disney World, and I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, my entire family's gone, and I'm like, "Fuck, dude, that okay? That's that's, that's a whole nother." <laughs> and level this right would there. have been this would have been before, like, cell phones were popular, right? This is around the time that teenagers just started getting cell phones. I didn't have one. Most of the time you get it because you're 16 and you're driving, right, at that time. And it was funny because I didn't get lost. I was there the whole time. They left me. They lost me, right? <laughs> like, And uh, I remember I freaked out for a second. I was like, wait a minute. You're 15. Don't worry. You're, like, you got this. And so I, like, I stay in one spot. I start looking around. I don't see anybody. And then I like get up on a bench. And I start looking around, and I see, like, my mom, they're at a gift store, like, 20 feet away. But it was so str- – I don't know how it happened. It just happened so fast. They were they were near me one second, and then all four of them were fucking gone the next. I'm like, how did this happen? And it was crowded at Disney World, but it wasn't that crowded. It was at the very end of summer. It was not as crowded as it could be. It was rather docile, I guess you can say, for it being a theme park. But there was still a fair amount of people there. I'm looking around. I don't see anybody. I'm just like, shit. They don't even know I'm fucking gone. I go up to the gift store. They didn't know that I was gone. They had no idea. And this is like five, I mean, five minutes that passed by, which is a long 
freaking time, right? But they're like, oh, hey, there you are. What's new? I'm like, uh, but I was freaking felt, out. It That's felt like an hour. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, yes, absolutely. Well, although I will say, on your parents' defense, you were a little rascal at that point. So I feel as though, yeah. Not when I'm with my family, right? Like being a little, being 15 at school with your friends is different than when you're 15 on vacation with your family. Anyway, changing gears. Dude, one thing I learned, uh, I don't know if you want to call it learning the hard way because it wasn't really anything detrimental, but my uh, vehicle registration had expired in July. And so, you know, you get like, they tell you like almost two months in advance when it's going to expire. And you and I uh, can't remember how it is in Illinois, but out here in L.A., they send you a little letter. You send the bottom portion of the letter in the envelope with your check, and you mail it to them, and they give you the sticker, like, days later. Anyway, for whatever reason, this year, I had to give them a copy of my insurance card because they didn't have one on file, or they needed – I don't know what the fuck they needed it for, another one. But I um, I mail them the check and uh, my insurance card. The check never gets cashed, and I never get any sticker. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not mailing them another check. Because you with insurance cards, you get two of them. I actually just mailed the actual one of the originals. I'm like, I'm not sending them another one, and their fault for not doing it. And by, by then, I knew a lot of people, they don't even re-register their vehicles for whatever reason like in, in california it's pretty common to see notice a sticker that's been expired for several months and uh i'm like fuck it i'm not gonna renew it like their fault then i realized i was like oh i forgot to send the bottom portion that has my uh information on it even though on the check i wrote down my vin number and my license plate number right and they have the the uh, insurance card. So I'm like, what the fuck? Turns out they probably definitely needed that bottom portion. So I'm like, fuck it. Then the other day I get a ticket. Uh, this just happened a few weeks ago. So pretty much three months after it expired, I get a ticket uh, for 25 bucks. It says, you know, no proof of registration, display of tabs. I'm like, fuck. They got me. And so now when I've been parking my car, I, I try and park in an area where there's a car behind me so that people can't see – so they can't see the sticker on the license plate. And so I've been avoiding areas that are at the end of the block where, like, I'm the first car parked. And every time I walk out of the, uh, the apartment now, I'm, like, thinking, like, oh, shit, I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to get a ticket. I'm going to – because they gave me a second one. And so I contested the second one. I'm like, listen – I still have a window of time to pay the first one and get my affairs in order, so, like, what the fuck? And so they had mailed me a second letter saying, now you owe $60 more than what we originally said because it's a late payment, and I got the other letter with the bottom portion. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is just pay your fees, 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 because <laughs> now – I've got a check ready to send out. I've got two display tab tickets. One of them I'm contesting. The other one I'll definitely pay. But I could have just did all this in the beginning. And before I was like, nope, their fault. I don't care. Whatever. No, 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 no. It's like, nope, this is coming back. And then, of course, I read. It's like, 
uh, coming up on the whenever the registration is again next summer, they could. I'll still have to pay it, right? They're going to have everything on file. And then there's some other things where it's like, if you don't pay it, these are other things that could happen. So it's like, just fucking pay it. Just pay the fee and avoid the penalty. Just fucking do it. So, okay. I have, I honestly have a couple of thoughts right now. Uh, one of which is, are you 60 years old right now? Why are you sending a fucking check-in? Like, what? Why? Is that the only payment that they take? Check? I couldn't do it online. I, I, I wasn't able to do it online because I had to send it by the mail because they required a copy of my insurance. So I screen, I took a picture of my insurance card, uploaded it on my phone, and then uploaded uh, – or I'm sorry, and then I printed it. I can't upload any images through the Department of Transportation website. That's why I had really? to mail a check. So wait, okay, that's yeah, yeah that I don't know because I, they required a copy of the insurance card. That's so weird. I don't know. I it's it's like does not compute right now because I know like with Illinois, for example, because um, I actually had right before I ended up heading back to New Jersey, I renewed my um, vehicle registration, got the got the sticker, so I'm I'm good for another year. So my brother can drive it around without any issues and stuff like that. Um, just to, to keep it up and running, I, that, that seems insane that you would have to like mail in something and yeah, I don't know. It just, that's so frustrating, dude. But, but that is one of those things too, where my mom, my, my mom was the one who always kept on us, uh, when we got our cars that make sure you renew the registration, make sure you renew that. I just got my registration. Make sure your registration needs to be renewed. So I had that constant reinforcement. I would do the registration, but I never did the village sticker. Fuck that. I'm not paying more money on top of the registration. You remember? Because all the cars in our town have to have the village sticker. Yeah. And, you know, people, they would line up all the rainbow colors. Some people, though, dude, like my dad, it got, I remember, uh, I remember uh, the Nicholson's car, like their old Volvo, and I remember my dad's car eventually. I mean, you have those cars, they get 10, 12, 15 stickers, those cars that people have until they die. It's like, holy shit. Because those village stickers are impossible. They to are get impossible. Off. I mean, you got to use a razor blade, and you're really getting at it. You're really good. It's not like your standard sticker or residue on glass with a razor blade. You do it a few times, and it's done. It's like, Fucking a! You really got to put some elbow grease into it. That stuff is permanent, and uh, yeah, it was interesting because I'd gotten a sticker once where uh, it had been sent during the summer, and so the sticker had already kind of melted onto the the paper that it was supposed to be torn off to and stuck to, and so here it's like flapping in the wind. But it was yeah, one of those things where every single time it's like this is just. It's too much work to try and replace it. It, it just fuck it. I'm not. I'm not going to deal with it. The other thing that I was thinking of that kind of triggered a thought when you were like, "I just don't want to deal with it." I was doing this online test. I saw this. Uh, I saw this post where it was like, "Hey, this place is looking for a part-time or full-time like person to help in the garden." I'm like, "Oh, that sounds fucking awesome. I would love to like work in a fucking garden. And, you know, a few hours a week. That would be so cool." And so they email me, and they're like, do this 
online test thing. I open it up, and I'm just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's 30 questions, and it's just two two responses for each question. And it's uh, – I mean it's not really a question. It's just which do you agree with more, line A or line B? And they have nothing to do with each other. It's like which do you agree with more, line A, you know, uh, there are never exceptions to be made for rules and regulations. They should always be uh, followed and adhered to no matter what. Line B, I'm a people person. Like, which do you – it's like, what do you want from me? <laughs> this doesn't make any fucking sense. 30 questions like that where where you feel like you can pick the wrong answer, but they say there's no wrong answer, but the two lines are things that have nothing to do with each other. And then later in the questionnaire, they ask you like the same thing but slightly different or it might be like – or it might be like um, you know, the rules are okay to bend if your boss does it. Sometimes rules need to be bent whatever 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 right and then the next one is you know whatever it says i'm a leader and i communicate well with other it's like it's just two <laughs> fucking completely abstract lines that have nothing to do with each other i'm like this is what's wrong with everything people that do this dumb shit whose idea was it to say hey let's create a test that confuses the hell out of people and doesn't make any t- any sense. And you know there's a fucking wrong answer. You know they're looking for something. But, like, each question or each line is said in such a way where it's, like, it's, like, they, they, I don't know how to explain it, dude. I, like, get myself worked up just thinking about this shit. Because it reminds me of Scantron tests and other dumb one-size-fits-all type shit. Like, I remember on a Scantron test, they would do stuff. You know, to figure out if you're more optimism, uh, more of an optimist or more of a pessimist. It's like, is this picture, is this person lifting the box up or putting the box down? And you're sitting there like, uh, I don't know, you know, and it's just a series of questions like that. Which if you're putting the box down or you see the half the glass or they're like a little glass, like is it half empty or half full? That doesn't necessarily mean you are a pessimist or you are an optimist, right? These are expressions colloquial english as we like to say right things that more so don't mean what they are represent something else right and it's just like why are you fucking confusing people with these things it doesn't do anybody any good there okay so there were there was actually a couple of things that come to mind when you're saying that right now uh the first one is kind of like a like i don't know if it's necessarily related it's kind of tangential but I remember when I was in Sunday school or youth group, I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in youth group, and we had a quiz as to who is good and who is evil. And it was like, Gandhi, is he good or evil? Hitler, is he good or evil? The pre- the current president at the time, is he good or evil? And I, like, for me, I was just like, like no answer, no answer, no answer, or whatever. I, I, but it was only like yes or no. But I'm like, I can't answer any of these, so I just like put an X through it. And then afterwards, they're like, Well, why did you say this? Because it's like, uh, cause... and I was only like what 13 or 14 years old at the time, 
So you, it just, it's more complicated than that. But even as a 13 or 14 year old, I understood that. It was just weird that people were asking me that. And it feels like that's something that, dude, I mean, they still, it, it's one of those things you have to be one thing or the other. There is no gray. It's black or white, black or white. And that's always for me now that I've kind of grown up and understand more of the complexity of the world, that's always a warning sign to me. People who ask black and white questions or something, like something like what you were just explaining, it's like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know necessarily how to feel about that. Um, the, other, the other experience actually happened younger. That was in, uh, what, it would have been sixth grade, seventh grade, Hadley Junior High when they were going through, I can't remember if it was like sex ed or something like that. It's like, is it okay to have bad, like bad, dirty thoughts or something like that? And it was like, yes or no. And I <laughs> said, yeah, it's fine to have thoughts like that. I mean, I, I didn't see any problem with that. And then I got, I actually got called in. It's like, why, why did you think it's okay to have bad thoughts? It's like, um, because we all do and so it was, it was just one of those weird instances like even even the educator at the time was like no it is bad to have bad thoughts or something like that yeah and it's like well no it's not yeah i don't know it's bad to act on and and that's what i i actually as a fucking sixth or seventh grader i said no it's bad to act on them it's not bad to have them so yeah, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people kind of, I don't know, that's that's where I find a fundamental disagreement with a lot of people. But we're looking back, you think about the, some of the teachers we had, it's like, yeah, you aren't qualified to be a teacher. <laughs> I'm sorry, you are perfectly qualified to be a teacher because you just do what the system says. You are not qualified to be an educator. There's a huge difference between the two. Just like there's a huge difference between uh, school and education, right? It's like this person, get me it fuck out of this fucking school system. <laughs> and that's that's the other thing too. And not to get too deep into it or anything like that. We we kind of had a conversation off air a little bit where it's like somebody could be a good teacher, but that doesn't make them a good mentor, kind of thing. Where it's like right, under right. understanding that there's nuance and complexity like you can you can teach people anything i think i think some some awful horrible people can be just fine teachers uh it's not somebody who you would look up to as as a role model for the way that i would want to live my life but that's you know that's just me so i kind of feel like sometimes when you you know when you get a teacher that is like this teacher's freaking awesome right you get that one teacher every few years it does not happen. I mean, once you get to high school, probably more prominent because you're in different classes, right? But like in elementary school, you always wanted that. There was, you know, two or three teachers in the entire school that were freaking awesome. And then there were some that were just like, eh, whatever. And then you always have a few that are just like, how did this guy get a job? Right? How did this – what? It's kind of like how I felt, felt – I remember freshman year of high school playing soccer and – if there's anybody who's on staff who's a teacher that wants to uh, be a coach for one of the sports, they have priority over people that are actual coaches that apply for the position. So I remember our freshman coach, it was the same thing. Was, he was one of the teachers. He's like, how did, 
well, I guess we're just freshmen, so it's soccer. So I guess that's how he got it. He just signed up your name on the clipboard, and you got the job. And I'm standing there, I'm like, for someone who's playing soccer his whole life, I'm just like, how did he, how, what, how did this guy get it? Right. <laughs> Well, and that and then, and that's the thing too is that like I knew I knew a lot of very intelligent teachers who just didn't know how to communicate, and you know as, as somebody who has that problem myself, but then I look at somebody like um, Coach Xander. I don't know if you ever had an opportunity to work with him. Like he did football, but he was also I forget what he also taught. Xander. He taught. He was a health class. I had him health, in health yeah, class. Yeah, that's right, health class. Like. He was so empathetic, and he was so understanding of, like, the stuff that kids our age were going through that it didn't matter his his intellectual level. It just mattered that he was able to, like, meet us on our, on our level. I had so much respect for him. And, yeah, I feel, I feel like that's, that's more important than being right all the time. People that can engage and fan the flames as opposed to just sitting there and handing out a packet of photocopied pages stapled together, <sighs> fill in the yes. blank, circle this, work on it in silence while I sit here and check my email. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. honestly – so to be, to be totally honest, that is kind of a little bit of the frustration that I have with the Catholic faith is that a lot of it is just – ticking off boxes, making sure everything's done precisely right. It's like, is that really the best way to meet people? Well, it's tradition, so we have to do it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm I'm somebody who, I don't know, I engage more in the sense of, can you understand what I'm going through? Can you meet me where I am? And that's kind of, and, well, and I know that you do that, too. I mean, that's that's the way that you live your life trying to like meet people where they are um but that kind of that kind of translates into it was very interesting the past uh oh gosh it was uh what a couple of days ago where we had a memorial service for one of father joe's cousins who ended up passing away um because of drug abuse and ended up going to the funeral home and again, it was one of those things where Father Joe, and I don't know, I, I don't know how uncomfortable it would be for me, but um, a, it, it's a very close-knit town, and so he was nervous about actually going in and seeing former like law, uh, law enforcement officials or public officials that would have known him back 20 years ago when he was the sheriff and stuff like that it's like showing up to the uh showing up to the party uninvited and hoping that the host and their close circle of friends don't see you exactly yeah i'm just gonna hang out i'm just gonna hang out by the stairs try, 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 i don't want to get too close to the hors d'oeuvres or to the booze I'm just gonna hang out by the steps incognito maybe make my way near the coat closet just to check things out a little bit that is exactly <laughs> not actually engaging with the party that yeah you you nailed it on the head and i was <laughs> and i was thinking to myself man i don't know what it would be like if i ended up coming back to chicago and going to some sort of event or something like that where there was like pastor scott and like maybe some of my kids who now were young adults who are active in the church and stuff like that like it would probably be you know kind of uncomfortable but i don't know i don't 
Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a fear and trepidation that I witnessed in, in Joe that was just so fascinating. Because, I mean, for me, maybe... Maybe I don't care too much about what people think about me, but it is it is fascinating to witness people who do care about what the the personal perspective is. It's exactly what it is because if you really don't care, no matter like what it is, no matter how bad it is, if you stop giving a fuck, you take away their power to make you feel insecure, right? Like if oh you're here, haven't seen you since the you know scandal of two thousand two or whatever, and what are you gonna say? You either get embarrassed and they feel superior or you don't say anything or you walk away. You you know, you just tell them to fuck off and then <laughs> tell them their fly is open and then they feel like a and then they feel like a loser. <laughs> right? Yes. Well and 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 the fact too is that, you know, with I mean, Joe and I guess myself in in a certain respect too. Like, I mean, we're back in ministry, like, well, he got into ministry, I'm back in ministry, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the attitude that I take, it's like, if I were to see somebody from my past, I I would have that exact same opinion that you just articulated, and I think that's, that's brilliant, because I don't, I don't care, like, <laughs> that's, that's my past life, so it's just weird to see somebody who's so, because it, it's one of those things where there's a build-up, like, the night before and the day of and like the anticipation and you can see it i mean we had we had recorded our podcast earlier today and uh you could you could see he was just oh man like the tension was all over his body and he kind of flipped out a couple of times um and yeah it was like why do you care why do you care like you're you you've grown beyond this and you you've made a new life for yourself you should be proud of that like don't but the other thing, too, actually, so this might have been part of it, too. I don't know if you have thoughts on this. Um, he actually, because the cousin who had passed away was a heavy drug user, and uh, he had, the people who were at the funeral, he had probably put a good 25% of them in jail before. So maybe maybe that's <laughs> something that's, you know, that's, that's a little different. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Do you have anything else? I don't. I didn't really have anything like crazy happen. Just saw those few little vignettes. No, I, th I think that's great. I think uh, solid episode covered the gamut. Yeah, man. 40 minutes flew by. So with that being said, until next time.